The Weekly Driver Podcast receives support from americantrucks.com, your late model Silverado, Sierra, Ram, and F-150 online aftermarket retailer, bringing you all of the hottest parts from accessories to lift kits, from wheels to tires and winches. americantrucks.com has the knowledge and know-how to make your wildest dreams come to reality. Visit americantrucks.com for your chance to win $17,760 in upgrades for your truck. Welcome to the Weekly Driver Podcast. My name is James Rea. I am the editor and publisher of theweeklydriver.com, and I am an automotive journalist for Bay Area News Group. My co-host is Bruce Aldrich. Today, we're going to be talking to two gentlemen from the Insurance Institute for Highway Safety. Sean O'Malley is the Senior Test Coordinator, and David Ayler is the Manager of Active Testing. Good morning, gentlemen. How are you guys? Morning. We're doing well. Thanks for having us. Good morning. Good morning. Um, Every time a person buys a car or looks to buy a car, there are these two organizations that uh, provide uh, safety information to the public. And so we've read up a little bit about your organization. So for the layperson, could you just give us an overview of what the double IHS does? We're a a nonprofit funded by the insurance companies. Um, And basically, we're a research organization and consumer information uh, organization. We provide uh, research. And basically, our our goal is to, you know, reduce uh, the losses on our highway. So, you know, from uh, deaths, injuries, uh, as well as property damage um, from crashes. And so our goal through our research, through our crash testing, is uh, to give consumers uh, useful information um, on different technologies, road design, um, and you know what I think most people recognize us for is our, our crash testings and the ratings that uh, we provide for vehicles. I love the videos you guys got on your on your website. I can, I sit there and watch those. I'm mesmerized. Yeah, we um, I'm pretty mesmerized by them too, actually. <laughs> it, it actually makes me think about safety. It's not hasn't been a real high point on my. Uh, shopping list when I look at cars. I'm thinking gas mileage, you know, performance, uh, looks. I just let uh, safety go by the wayside. But the more I look at those videos and think about it, you know, it probably ought to be a higher thing on my list. Yeah, those videos are very misleading. You um, you watch it slow motion, the dummy slowly goes into the airbag. You know, in real life, it's literally over in a tenth of a second. Sure. Yeah, they they have the full speed too, and those yeah, it's crazy. Hey, I was wondering, you guys do a lot of testing on also uh, avoidance systems. How does all that work? Yeah, so we've done a lot of research looking at the different uh, crash avoidance systems, and you know, both in insurance data and in re- police reported data, we see that um, you know all those systems are reducing crashes from what we call front crash prevention systems. You know, that will warn you if there's a, a, an obstacle in front of you and then uh, even potentially apply the brakes to help you prevent or mitigate a crash. You know, lane departure warning and, and prevention systems that, you know, will keep drivers in their lanes. Um, you know, we're even seeing benefits now for uh, lower speed systems that help you when you're backing up. We all struggle, I think, backing up in parking lots and, uh, and driveways and these type of systems can warn you and, and even apply the brakes to prevent a low-speed crash uh, that can often lead to a a lot of expensive repair damage. 
Sure. Do you use these statistics um, to and and these the crashes and all this the performance of the vehicle for your insurance companies to rate what they're going to charge the consumer? No, sir. Yeah. So technically, they they can't use those. Um, you know. Uh, you know, hopefully, vehicles that you know do well in our test. Um, you know, we we have research that shows they're safer. So you know, side impact vehicles that that get a good rating in our side impact, um, you're much less likely uh, to be involved in a fatal crash than vehicles that are rated poor. So, you know, there's not a, a direct relationship for insurance companies to, to lower rates, um, you know, but there should be, you know, historically looking back. And there are some insurers uh, that are providing discounts for some of these crash avoidance features. So, um, you know, they'll provide a discount to their customers if, if the vehicles have, uh, you know, front crash prevention or, or autonomous braking. For, for either David or Sean, or both, I get uh, Maroni's when I test drive cars, and like the consumer would get when uh, he or she would buy a car. And I, I'm curious to know if, you know, your organization provides that information to uh, the consumer when they buy a car and you get your Maroni sticker, or is it mandated that the other organization has their information. For the layperson, could you explain um, what's required for a manufacturer to have on a Moroni sticker? Yeah, so for us, I mean, we, you know, that's something that, you know, sort of government mandates. But, you know, I will mention that a lot of manufacturers, you know, they want to do well in our tests. They want to get our our top safety pick award, which basically means the vehicle is is doing well in all our crash and crash tests. And so often on the Moroni sticker or label, um, you will see a manufacturer's you know, claim that the vehicle is a insurance institute for highway safety top safety pick. Yes. Um, in addition to the NHTSA five-star rating, yes. Okay. And are, are, if you don't mind me asking, I, I don't know about this, and you guys know this all stuff like the back of your hand, are the two organizations a complement to each other, or are you guys rivals, or has nothing to do with any of that? Probably a complement. Yeah, they run similar crash tests, but, you know, different enough to where we're testing to all spectrums of, you know, crashing. Okay. And I think... I think we, you know, we try to work together so that we can be a complement. Um, one example in terms of crash avoidance is, you know, we work together with, you know, the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration to come up with a, a voluntary commitment for manufacturers uh, to have standard, you know, front crash prevention systems on their vehicles by 2022. So that's an example where we work together to uh, push the manufacturers in advanced safety for uh, the U.S. public. Okay. I had a question. I'm curious. Over the last, since 1975, when I guess the good statistics have been been kept, the overall death rate is going down slightly, but the per vehicle miles traveled is been flat since 2010, and in fact, it's on the uptake right now. How would that be with all these safety devices? Yeah, so, I mean, one of the things that, that, that we've seen, especially since the economy has, you know, start, started to turn back around, the people are driving more. Um, and so, you know, as people drive more, uh, you know, the economy's better, they're driving to jobs, you know, every day, uh, they have more money to take, you know, leisurely trips on the weekends. Um, so there are more miles driven 
driven, um, that, that can increase um, injuries and fatalities. You know, the other thing is, you know, you'll notice a lot of states are increasing speed limits. Um, you know, there are some states that have, you know, speed limits of 80, 85 miles an hour on some of their roads. And so um, at the end of the day, uh, you still have a physics problem. So the faster you're going uh, in a heavy vehicle, you've got to slow that down and slow the occupants down. And so the risk of having a serious crash at those speeds is, is higher. Sure. And smaller cars as, uh, you know, to try to get better gas mileage, uh, so they're smaller is not always good when you're going to hit something bigger. Does that have yeah, something to do with it? Like David was saying, with the economy, that goes up. People start buying the bigger SUVs, which puts a disadvantage to the people driving the smaller cars that like you just mentioned. Sure. Yes. I've noticed in, in recent years, I've read a few stories, uh, guys, about the more safety features, the more technology in vehicles, the likelihood of maybe even at working in, in reverse that people can get more distracted because bells and whistles are going off when there's nothing within 100 feet of a car. I know I've experienced um, some very modern SUVs that might have 50 or 60 different technology features and maybe the public uses 20. So has have your jobs changed with the increase of manufacturers putting more and more technology in vehicles? Yeah, absolutely. You know, we've we've crash test cars for a long time. And, uh, you know, more recently, you know, we're now looking at these crash avoidance features. And you're absolutely right. Um, we do see that, you know, for the most part, they're beneficial. Um, but if the driver doesn't understand, you know, the warning um, or the warning is annoying, uh, we, we hear that a lot for lane departure warning systems, you know, they'll turn it off. Um, and so, you know, the best lane departure warning system, if it's off, it's not going to prevent any crashes. So not only do we look at, you know, how well the systems perform, um, but, you know, are drivers keeping them on and do drivers understand, uh, you know, what the warnings mean and do they do they respond appropriately? Or, so, or do they even know they have it? Notice a lot of that. Sure. I, I, inattention, I think, is a big one that it's probably going up, maybe contributes to more accidents. What do you think about the, the interior of the car, you know, the fighter jet looking uh, dashboards? Is, do you guys, are, would you ever want to regulate what's, what we see in there and what's uh, available to the driver? Not regulate, I'm sorry, that's not a good word because you don't do that, but would make suggestions? Um, you know, right now that's, that's not something we do, but, you know, as we research the vehicles more, um, you know, if we find that certain warning strategies may be better than others, um, you know, whether that's a, uh, a, a, um, you know, an audible warning or a visual warning or even, you know, some manufacturers are vibrating the steering wheel or the seats, you know, if, if there's real world data that indicates, a, you know, one strategy is, is better than, than another, um, it, it is something that we potentially would encourage manufacturers, um, you know, to, to promote. Um, but, but so far we, we haven't seen that, um, but we're, we're continuing to look at, you know, the, the human machine interface in these vehicles um, as the, the systems become more advanced. If I use the word autonomous vehicle, does that <laughs> uh, make you guys get a little bit more gray hair or <laughs> Anything like that, or can you give us some opinion on your thoughts, if you have them, about autonomous vehicles? Yeah, so, you know, you, you hear a lot about it, you read a lot about it, um, you know, and it, it 
sounds good. Um, but, you know, right now, I think all this technology, whether it's, you know, lane departure prevention and, and braking systems or, you know, adaptive cruise control that, you know, maintains distance behind a vehicle, I mean, they're all baby steps towards autonomous vehicles. Um, but, you know, we're not, we're not there yet. We're not in a situation where, you know, a, a car, you can go hop in, you put your work address and it, it, it drives you to work. Um, you know, limited driving situations. So that, you know, Cadillac or General Motors Super Cruise is a situation where, you know, you can go on a very well-controlled interstate, um, you know, that the vehicle is aware of. You know, you don't have any pedestrians. You don't have any cross-traffic uh, speed is very well controlled. Lanes are very well marked. Um, that's an it's an easier situation for a vehicle to handle. Um, but most of the driving we do is very complicated, um, and it's going to take a, a a lot of a lot of information, a lot of data um, to be able to manage those. And so I think we still have a lot of work to be done to get to fully autonomous vehicles. What do you guys think of the um, systems that actually like brake for you when there's an impending crash or uh, at least brake or slow down? And also like lane departure, some of them will actually steer the car back. Is that like a good way to go or a bad? Do you have a feel for that? The front automatic braking systems, we, we see um, very large reductions in crashes, both uh, police reported and in our insurance data. And so it's a system that we've been promoting since about 2013. And uh, in order to get our you know top safety pick award, it's a system that we require because we see such significant benefits. I see. Um, you know, lane departure warning and prevention systems, um, you know, we see reductions in police reported crashes. Those are, you know, more serious crashes when you're running off the road. Um, and, you know, so far all the systems we've looked at, um, the systems that, you know, can actively brake or help the driver, um, you know, seem to have more benefit. And I think that's because, you know, often the driver may not be aware of exactly the situation. Um, he, he may be distracted. Um, and so the active systems uh, do seem to uh, benefit the driver for sure. I see, sure. Wonder, do you got, one of you guys mentioned earlier uh, public interaction. Do you guys hear directly from the public? Do they uh, provide questions and uh, opinions on the organization's website, or how do you guys interact with the public? And and if if you do, could you provide an example or two of of what you hear most often? We we do track our web traffic, and um, you know after a certain you know a, a, a release, a news story, we'll see a definite spike in that, and we know there are thousands, tens of thousands of people that follow us. Yeah, you know, one of, one of my favorite examples, one of our newest tests, uh, we evaluate headlights. Yes. Uh, and, you know, we're one of the first organizations in the world to, to do that. We, we test at night. We see how well the vehicles illuminate down the road. And, you know, we also want to make sure that they're not glaring other drivers. Uh, and so our first release, uh, you know, uh, about two years ago was for mid-sized cars. We weren't exactly sure, you know, how, how the public would take that. It's not, you know, like our crash test where you're destroying a vehicle. Uh, we got a lot of attention. We got a lot of feedback. And I think it's because, you know, we all have been in cars. Uh, they have great headlights. We've been in cars that, you know, we can barely see at night. Um, and we got a lot of great feedback. Um, you know, I'm one of our, uh, I think maybe we got a comment on Facebook that the driver said, you know, I appreciate these ratings. 
you know, because my vehicle needs a seeing eye dog. Um, <laughs> and so we, we've gotten a lot of comments uh, for our headlight testing, and, uh, you know, a lot of them folks have thanked us for uh, improving headlights. I, I remember one comment was um, somebody said that they're going to start test driving their car at night because, you know, when do you notice you have bad headlights? <laughs> Not during your test drive, it's after you bought the car. Yes. I agree with you 100%. I was, in fact, I was going to mention headlights. I'm used to an old 59 Bug with a 6-volt system. Those headlights are, you know, like a candle. And then my... Uh, candle power. Yeah, and then my uh, my Subaru Outback, you know, it's, it's fantastic. Um, it's like, you know, it added, you know, six more years to my night... I'm an old guy, to my night driving. So, to me, yeah, that uh, lighting is just an excellent new... Uh, thing that you've decided to test yeah i mean you know a lot of people don't think of it as a safety feature uh but a lot of the driving we do um you know we have our headlights on and uh it's definitely a safety feature that i think has been ignored for far too long so um we're we're glad that we included that in our in our ratings program yeah another test i saw you added the uh the, the frontal i don't know what the exact name is but the the side um, crash and now you used to be done only on the driver's side now you're doing it on the passenger side so that your passenger is is as protected as the driver yeah that was um that's our small overlap test after running driver's side since 2012 uh, you know after each test we started to notice that there were countermeasures on the driver's side not put on the passenger side oh i see so uh, we started running passenger side tests and even before we started really getting into running these tests, manufacturers already responded by making cars more symmetrical. Yes. I have another question going back to the – with the headlights. I, I think I can speak for Bruce that um, when I drive with my wife and he drives with his wife, I, we've both noticed that as we're in our early 60s, my night driving is, is not so good anymore. And I, I'm wondering if the feedback on, on the headlights is – uh, primarily from older drivers. Yeah, I mean, we we do get comments from older drivers, um, you know, that have, have indicated, again, that, you know, they have a, a harder time seeing at night. And so, again, I, I just think it's an uh, important safety feature that, um, you know, we're finally uh, able to evaluate. Gotcha. This might be a good time to ask, and I hope you guys don't mind backpedaling here a little bit, what are your respective backgrounds, and how did you come into this um, this line of work? I'm interested in, in your – I'm assuming that you have engineering backgrounds. Um, it, David has more of an engineering background. I I worked in Detroit for um, almost 20 years just breaking things, testing in the automotive. <laughs> what a great job. What a great job. <laughs> yeah, I know. Who knew you could do that? Yeah. Get paid. See, I've been uh, here almost uh, 11 years now. Yeah, and I, I was a mechanical engineer and um, interned here several years back. And uh, after I graduated, I started here full-time, and I've been here for uh, about 14 years now. That's great. Have the Has the reaction from the public in the past decade, let's say, has it drastically changed, uh, in your opinion, about what people are asking about and concerned about? Um, I think, you know, safety past probably 10, 15, 20 years has become, you know, uh, m- more of a concern for um, consumers when they're buying cars. Um, you see it in commercials, you know, manufacturers are, are 
are pointing out safety probably more so now than they have in the past. Uh, you see more commercials, you know, more recently for crash avoidance features, whether it's front braking or lane departure. Um, and so I think um, consumers recognize the importance and, you know, manufacturers are picking up on that and, and you can see that in their advertising. I wondered also, um, years ago, you guys may recall, and this is a little bit of a off topic here, but there was a band called the Crash Test Dummies, and I wondered if that put um, what you guys do into the into the public spotlight uh, to a higher degree, and if you heard any comments about that. I never, I do remember there may be a two-hit wonder. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm hoping, hopefully they're not listening to your podcast. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I just wondered. It was a very unusual name for a band, and it always struck me as being very odd. Do I've you, been called that many, many, many times. Well, we'll be respectful to to you, and well, uh, we we, we, well, we we won't call you that. What's on no, the hor- What's on the horizon? Do you guys got any new tests uh, up your sleeves, or uh, any uh, n- new systems that need testing on automobiles? Well, I've been um, just kind of wrapping up a successful trailer uh, semi trailer rear under eye guard program. I saw that on the website. Yes, so when cars yeah. smash into a stop truck. That, that's that's been a, a real big win for us. They all the, the well, there's eight manufacturers of semi trailers that make up like eighty percent of all the trailers on the road, and each one has voluntarily made their rear bumper stronger, uh, far surpassing the government regulations, just because we kind of embarrass them. Oh, that's good. That's good. That's showing how weak it is. But they <laughs> they never even argue. They stepped up and. We, we gave them an award, a tough card, when they passed all three tests. Do you get other kinds of uh, pushback, if you will? Do you do you guys ever uh, find yourself in, uh, let's see, um, some competitive uh, discussions? I'll put it that way. With manufacturers? Yes. Hmm. Yeah, you know, we have, a, we have a pretty good relationship with the manufacturers. Um, you know, any of the tests we develop, we, we really want to make sure there's, uh, you know, real-world relevance. Yes. Um, real-world data to back that up. Um, and I think, you know, the manufacturers, they, they want to design safe vehicles as well. And so for the most part, um, you know, when we come out with these tests, they're not they're not caught off guard. They understand where we're coming from. Um, and, you know, they want to make their cars safer. Um, and so it's, it's, it's a goal for them as well. And so we, we have a very uh, good, open relationship with all the manufacturers. Thanks for Excellent. explaining that. I wasn't sure how that all worked, but I'm glad you explained it. Well, gentlemen, I, that's been fantastic. I, I know personally I gained a lot of knowledge about what you guys do, and we appreciate that. We want to thank Sean O'Malley and David Ayler, if I'm pronouncing it correctly, from the, in, thank you, from the Insurance Institute for Highway Safety. Great, great organization. And, gentlemen, thank you for uh, all of your knowledge and for giving us uh, an idea of what you guys are up to and what the consumer should be aware of. We appreciate it very much. Thank you for having us. My pleasure. Okay, take care, guys. The Weekly Driver Podcast gets support from AmericanMuscle.com, your late model Mustang and F-150 authority, bringing you the hottest products and top-notch customer service for over a decade. No one makes it easier to modify your ride. Visit AmericanMuscle.com today for your chance to win a 2018 Mustang RTR Spec 3.